0: Hi folks, uh, this week's interview, uh, we will have some mention of a terrorist attack, not the big, big one, but a very impactful one, and uh, breakups. So uh, that's your warning. The next warning is that we have animals, and one of them, Sergei, has decided to sit on my desk, but they make noise, sometimes they stop us from recording, and sometimes we have to yell at them. That is, that is life indeed and so you know be aware that pet interactions. sometimes we
1: also have to stop in the middle and say who's your good hound
0: right Who is your good? it's still light out so all the chickens are out too there may even be rooster noises this week i mean more so as we're recording more in daylight indeed um which of course brings me to our third and final content warning and that is we swear we swear
1: as the day is long. I just heard a rooster. Yeah, I think... I don't know if the, the listeners can hear a rooster.
0: Yeah, these, these yes. new microphones are a little more targeted, so, so uh, yeah. Anyway, um, we might swear at the animals. That's the most likely cause. Uh, but, you know, swearing happens, so be aware. With all that being said, hi, folks. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode 195 we are five away from the big two oh oh. I am. We are we are cruising towards it. We really are. I am just I flabbergasted, flabbergasted. Um,
1: I don't know why. How many episodes did we do of Hidden Almanac?
0: I'm still flabbergasted about that. Yeah, we did, honestly, so am I. Yeah, we did. The,
1: how the hell did we do that?
0: Yeah, we did like four, almost five times as many episodes in six years, and it was a brutal recording schedule. That's how we did it. I mean
1: yeah it hurt
0: i decided early on that this was going to be our early schedule and i held us to it for six years until uh, frankly i couldn't do it anymore
1: yes and fortunately we were at a point where we could do a grand wrap-up but yeah, yeah no no you're right occasionally i still look back and go how the hell did we do that
0: right um and uh, for those of you who did not Listen to the Hidden Almanac, who this is news to you. Uh, the whole thing is available at hiddenalmanac.com as one big download, all eight hundred and some odd episodes, or you can take it year by year in smaller chunks.
1: And and um, it's it's only five minutes long.
0: Yeah, each episode is only five right. minutes long. It's not like it's an hour each. But that really brutal recording schedule. Because we had to do
1: it three days a week.
0: And no, Sergey, don't not on the keyboard. Um and uh not just that, but for five minutes of audio for that was almost an hour per episode of actual work
1: because we had to script it because it was mm-hmm. scripted it's it's yep. a it's a fiction podcast of the the strange adventures yeah. i mean well it's it, it, it's basically it starts it, it's a gardening and on this day in history and the feast day of a completely fictional saint and the history is also fictional the gardening is more or less accurate <laughs> but it started to develop a plot, and yeah. lots of tangents yeah. and subplots, and uh, I had to sit down and write it every every you know other day, and uh, Kevin had to record it every other day. And, yeah, uh, uh,
0: and there were only like, yeah, I had a very strict recording schedule of like Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday, so that we could release episodes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and then I got. Uh, basically Friday and Saturday off from recording, um, because we would also do uh, towards the end there. We were also doing productivity alchemy, yeah, usually on Wednesdays,
1: and we were doing KUEC frequently, yeah. like every other day, week every other so. week,
0: yeah. And so, yeah, no, it it became a lot of work.
1: Yeah, um, and and I am still very proud of it. Oh yes. We 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 accomplished something that. It, I I look at now and go, damn, we did good.
0: Right, yes, especially, I mean, I see your storylines, so,
1: yeah. uh, Yeah, and, uh, but... uh... God damn! How did we do that? And and now here you are at nearly two hundred episodes of Productivity Alchemy, which is still a lot of work because you have to yeah. sit down and interview a person every week, and it's Not like
0: every week. But yeah, you know,
1: three out of four weeks. Yeah,
0: three out of four weeks. Um,
1: it's it's wild. It, sometimes this four is, out of five. <laughs> it's testimony to eating the whale a bite at a time. Yes. Which is you know when I did Digger. Uh, yeah. Eat the Whale a Bite at a Time. I did all those kids' books. Eat the Whale a Bite at a Time. And eventually I got really sick of the taste of whale. And they were like, okay, but what if we gave you two different whales and you had whale for breakfast and dinner, but
0: they're two different species of whale? I I, I, I find the concept of using of the, the term of eating whale... To be a little off-putting, um, whale isn't part of our; wouldn't be part of our normal diet. Yes, eating but it's the a, buffalo maybe. Uh, well,
1: yeah, but it's a gigantic animal that you know. How yeah, do you, you we, know? we
0: don't really have a. Yeah, we, we don't really have a, a an equivalent.
1: How do you an elephant? How do you eat an elephant? Mastodon. Well, uh you don't because they're i don't know anyway the point is eating an extremely large animal yeah a bite at a time and that is we are very good at it but then occasionally we look back and go god damn that was a big animal
0: it was yeah Yeah, it was it was um and again uh looking back on it i'm really proud of it uh and I think I proved to myself that I can do a project like that if I really put my mind to it and build the habit. And well, that was that the stuff. case
1: with Digger. Like, yeah. I I no longer uh, there's 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 a demon that sits on your shoulder and says you never finish anything. Right. And uh, when I finish Digger, I basically just hit that bastard over the head with a shovel and put him six feet under. Right. And uh, he has never bothered me again. Yeah. So uh, it's...
0: Yeah, no, no, I'm I'm with you on that. This
1: is not where we expected this intro to go. I just started going, wow, that's a lot of episodes, and kind of went from there. Yes. uh, You should be very proud is what I'm saying. Yes,
0: I think we both should. Uh...
1: I I show up for 15 minutes and, you know, and blather. (laughs) Speaking um, of whales and digger and Hugos, I just want to get the whale in the room out of the way, or perhaps the whale fall in the room out of the way. Yeah. Uh I got nominated for another Hugo. You did. And the Lodestar, which is the not a Hugo YA award that is given out with the Hugos. Yep. Um Yeah, so Yeah.
0: And our, our Yeah, the the Hugo Awards will be uh given out in December at Discon three, the they're World given Kong. out in August, so yes. uh,
1: anticipate a, a lot of screaming from people, or w- maybe just Hugo, what? The what what? We had a what?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, but uh, plague.
0: Plague. So, uh, you know, we've had uh, a lot of excitement around that today.
1: And you know what the glamorous writing life is like?
0: You immediately after the announcement got in the truck and went up to the garden supply store to buy two new rain barrels and uh, what else?
1: Uh I went just to buy the rain barrels for you because yeah. you needed two new rain barrels. While I was there I grabbed some other stuff because of course I did. But yeah, uh-huh. uh uh but mostly it was I was like, "Well, Kevin needs two rain barrels."
0: Yeah. I, what, and
1: and and then I went to the grocery store on the way home and got, like, a rotisserie chicken. So, uh, the moral of the story is, you know, like the Zen parable, chop wood, carry water. Yes. Before yeah. Hugo nomination, chop wood, carry water. After, chop wood, chop carry, wood water. carry water. Chop wood, carry water. Yes.
0: Thinking of uh, chopping wood and carrying water, uh, I had a reasonably good week last week uh, with one... It wasn't a bad day, but it was sort of a, oh, something got dropped in my lap. It that... was a
1: terrible day. You wandered around, like, groaning about rotten onions, and you were miserable, and you were up late, and it was a bad day.
0: Okay, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, but, so, yeah. And I... it
1: was supposed to be your day off. And
0: it was supposed to be my day off. And that was also when I found out that uh, the uh, uh, Giphy service, you know, the one that you, like, slash giphy and then some description in a slack channel you have never done this no, okay I'll, I'll yeah i'll share later but it's basically a service to get reaction gifs gifs when you need them yeah. and uh that was how i discovered as i was talking to somebody on friday and trying to send the uh clerks dante but i'm not even supposed to be here today image that they don't have it and that, that was terrible like, that was, you know, the rotten cherry on top of my pile of rotten onions that was the issue I spent all day on. Um, but I got it fixed.
1: You did. I, it took hmm. you into the weekend. You had yes. to work for part of the weekend, and you were muttering um, about taking comp days. I, which I've scheduled. Okay, good. Which I have scheduled, okay, I have scheduled. Yes.
0: scheduled. yes. So uh, I have, yeah, I. I basically earned a day and a half of comp time.
1: And the only reason you got a break that day was because your chair broke.
0: No, no, that was that was two days before. That was two, three days before that happened. My chair broke on Wednesday. Oh, no, Wednesday. because the
1: windows were being installed. The windows
0: were being installed.
1: Yes, and yes. when I roped you into uh, doing the garden thing that I had scheduled for that day... Uh, because you couldn't work. I couldn't work the because they were replacing
0: the window in my office. Right. Yeah. And
1: yeah. I wish to make it clear, I did not realize how long you would be working on your miserable rotten onion, or I would have just given you the morning and said, I'm sorry,
0: don't worry about it. You know, the truth is, neither what? did I. Yeah. The, the the It was one of those issues where the surface, you know, there's a surface blemish on the onion. So you peel that layer off to get to the good bit and then you find out that it's there's an even bigger blemish underneath it you peel that one off and oh no and it just gets bigger until you finally hit a point where you can you peel it off and you're like at the middle and the onion is like a quarter of an inch big but now there's the good part and now but in my case i have to now rebuild the onion with good layers yes you have to rewrap an, a, a better onion rewrap it yeah yeah exactly and it was frustrating but i'm at the end of the day, when I finished it, Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening, I was just like, I have accomplished a thing. I mean, it was, there was a big sense of accomplishment. And yes, I had, I had found problems that were systemic, that we needed to write tickets. I wrote tickets for yesterday. Like to mummification. Mummification. Like mummification.
1: Yes, mummification. It's not like yes. an onion. You you had a rotten corpse in, and you had to make it a mummy, and you thought it was in better shape, and then you open it up, and it's just putrid down to the guts, and you have to get all of that out, and then you have to, you know, uh, shove what's left into a canopic jar and wrap it, and you know, fill it with sawdust and wrap it in fresh bandages and yeah, make it smell yeah, nice. Yeah. Yes.
0: Okay. Yeah. That that is actually the perfect, perfect metaphor for what I was doing. Yes. Um. <clears throat> anyway uh, did you
1: have to pull anyone's brains out through their nose with a hook
0: uh no i wanted to pull someone's brains through their nose with a hook that i, f- I figured that was you know that was unrelated my and <laughs> and i i had my actually there was at least one point where i probably would have if someone had said hey can i pull your brain out th- of your nose with this hook i would have been like yes please that means i don't have to to fix this thing um
1: There's just never anybody around with a hook when you need it.
0: Right. Uh, But uh, my manager and I talked about it in our one-on-one today and dissected where the process went wrong, why it became an issue, uh, you know, completely blameless because, frankly, it was systemic. Um, I had written tickets, uh, issues about things I had discovered along the way that were missing um, or things that needed to be updated or, you know, whatever. Um, I wrote documentation for the entire process, so no one else has to go through that pain again. Um, and that was Monday.
1: That, that was kind of you to do.
0: Yeah, that was like, I, and so I, I feel really good about it because now there's also part of me that's like, all right, now that all of this is done and I can get some other things that are pending off my plate, I can go back and I can say, okay, the next thing I'm working on is fixing this thing from... This painful thing I had to deal with and, you know, go back and make it better for everybody.
1: Document your mummification, people.
0: Please, for the love of God, document your mummification. You never know when someone's going to have to come in behind you and re-mummify. going to look at it and go, oh.
1: Oh, man, you left organs in there.
0: Or, Or just look at it and go, fuck, that's the wrong kind of sawdust.
1: Yes, that sawdust wasn't up to code. Yeah. And is there any natron? No, there no? isn't. Mm.
0: Shouldn't there be frankincense here somewhere? Yeah. You know? So you also have had a productive week, and in particular...
1: Oh, yeah, I gardened.
0: You gardened? You oh, wrote words?
1: Uh, uh, A couple, here and there.
0: Were you doing the thing where you write words, and then you can do some gardening and then you write some words or were you doing the thing where you do some gardening and then you can write some words and then you can go do more gardening
1: um it was mostly i would get up i would write my my obligatory words and then i would get to go garden because there were a lot of tomatoes um that need to be planted out and i have most of them except for the ones that go in containers which i'm working on now yes uh and I have one big deadline, and then I have like a mushy, I would like to do it deadline for a self pub thing.
0: So you're working on everything else right now?
1: Well, I was. (laughs) Like, I I added about 5,000 words to an unrelated project that hasn't sold and probably won't, but I still think is a cool idea. And then finally I was like, fine, I will put a little bit on the mushy deadline thing, and which is doing the thing where I thought it was a novella, and now it's like, I think I'm a short novel, and I'm like, you motherfucker. But uh, <laughs> as long as it's a short novel, that's fine. I'm hoping to keep it under 50,000 words, maybe 60. Uh, yeah. Uh, Paladin's Strength came in at 130, which was... Or no, 139, which was excessive. <laughs>
0: Yes, it wasn't supposed to go that long, was it
1: no it it i I try to chop them around the hundred thousand mark, you know because that's a that's a good length fantasy novel, but uh yeah, the hell of it is it doesn't seem to matter. I have written ninety thousand word books that people thought were novellas, and I'm like, no, you just read fast, uh yeah, yeah. so you know no one can tell length of anything but yeah, so. And then I had this great idea for this other project that is definitely not sold and probably never will. And I, you know, I'm like I should go pull that out and write a couple of words. But I didn't actually get any writing done today because I was running errands all over Helen and back, and also was nominated for Hugo. So you know, yeah, I figure so, I get to take yeah, that day
0: off. You get to take that day off. Was that unrelated thing uh, perhaps the a, a story we have discussed previously where you were thinking about doing a cozy mystery? About an angel and a demon having to solve a murder.
1: Yeah, a retired angel, retired devil are in a small town solving a cozy mystery, and they don't like each other. (laughs) and the the demon is a gardener and and like retired because he was the one who threw the asteroid that killed the the dinosaurs he didn't care about the dinosaurs but he felt really bad that the ammonites went extinct cuz he'd been yeah. like a big ammonite fan and now there were no more ammonites and he just like threw in the towel and retired to a small town and uh yeah yeah and then there there's a murder and there's an angel who was perhaps forcibly retired and um, (laughs) so my
0: my whole point in bringing that story up other than the fact that I think it's a brilliant thing and the little scraps I've read were amazing uh, is very silly. We did the interview that I'm about to play. Yes. Uh, I did on roughly the same weekend. You came up with the idea and had shown me those same sort of fragments Um, And it is with the editor and a great friend of ours, Sigrid Ellis.
1: Who, I should point out, actually uh, bought the first short story I ever sold. uh, And in fact, commissioned it, more or less. uh, Came in and said, you need to write a short story. And I was like, "Uh, do I write short stories? And then she pointed out I had been putting them on my blog. And I was like, yes, but those are just weird little blog posts. And she was like, (laughs) okay, well, I'm commissioning a short story.
0: Can I pay you for
1: that? Uh, (laughs) And I was like, I could do that, yes. And that story actually turned out to be Jackalope Wives, which won the Nebula and the Alfie and a couple others, but Mm. uh, and is um, uh, still one of the best things I've ever written. And I did it because I was sitting in the tattoo parlor with Kevin thinking about selkies and seal wives and things, but uh, well, Kevin got tattooed. But anyway, I am forever grateful to Sigrid for uh, having really kind of launched my literary career in in larger fandom. In science fiction fandom, I suppose, because I I had written Digger, but I was just kind of the weirdo illustrator. But, like, She was like, no, you write short stories. That's what those are. You will now write me one. And I said, yes, ma'am, and (laughs) did so.
0: And so, yeah, one of the reasons I bring this up, and in relation to the interview, is either at the tail end of the interview or just after we finished recording, I was telling Sigrid about it. Sigrid really wants to read this (laughs) one. So you've uh, uh, based on some snippets and my little blurb, you've already got an editor interested in oh <laughs> well, yes, you but know? I don't
1: think she has a publishing house anymore oh well,
0: that's a problem uh, yeah so well but we'll, <laughs> so we'll figure it out <laughs>
1: no, I, I i love you sigrid i I just don't know if you you buy books at, <laughs> at this point,
0: but uh yeah, but yeah, so we're going to go talk to Sigrid, and I am. Um, I have been so excited about this conversation since we had it back in
1: He came out of this going February. about how he was going to talk to his coworkers about yeah, it. No, yeah, no,
0: no. Uh this is this is by far one of my most amazing and I know I call them all amazing. This one blew me away and I'm going to have that for you right after this. I am here today with the most incredible Sigrid Ellis, uh, who has so much going on that I am not even going to try to list it. Um, Sigrid, can you introduce yourself and tell us about what it is you do? Hello,
2: thank you for inviting me to Productivity Alchemy, which I deeply enjoy. Um, my name is Sigrid Ellis. I well, there's a pandemic going on, so the last year's actually been a little bit slower. But the majority of the time, I am a full-time air traffic controller, a part-time uh, freelance editor, a full-time parent of teenagers, um, and uh, I try to stay... Politically and socially engaged and active, though that is mitigated somewhat by disability issues and uh, unable to go walk in marches anymore. But there you have it.
0: Yes. And of course, all of that is also limited by the fact that there's all this going on. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, Also, you're in Minnesota where marching in winter is uh, more like a survival challenge. than.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, no, I I had actually just in 2016, I had started becoming involved more with going and actually showing up at political and social activism things, Mm -hmm. um, which is right about when my arthritis took a steep turn for the worse. And so that is not a thing I am doing anymore. And I try to stay engaged in other ways.
0: And there goes the dogs, right on time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Uh, well, with all that going on, and I will mute myself when, when I'm done asking the question, unless <laughs> I have comments. Oh, no, now she's, the moment I mute, she's going to uh-huh. stop. I know this. Yep. Um, but um, how do you keep all that organized?
2: Um, oddly enough, the... A lot of the techniques are similar. Let me back up. Okay. Something which became clear to me as a young adult and which I have come to accept as a middle-aged adult is that I am not a self-starter person. When I was a young adult, I thought this was a character defect. Um, Like, oh, why can't I? I have all these great ideas. Why can't I ever get going on anything? Why, you know, other people go out and like start organizations or, you know, run fundraisers or, and, and you know, they get things, they, they self-publish. And, and I'm like, and I, I am not, I am not a self-starter. Uh, and I want to just say to everybody who's listening that's it's not mandatory to be one of those entrepreneurial uh, people who's always running out and like starting seventeen things and finishing at least half of them. Like that is only some people. That is not all people. The place where I really learned to appreciate the way that I tackle projects and organization was largely through becoming an air traffic controller. Uh, obligatory note, I do not speak for my employer. I do not represent my employer. These are my own personal views.
0: Sorry, get that out of the way. That's that's an important disclaimer, yes. Yes, yes. Yep. <clears>
2: the <throat> um, thing about air traffic control is the job is never done. If you require closure... In your task management, you are probably not emotionally suited to be an air traffic controller. Um, walk into the job in the middle of the job, and then someone sometime later comes and taps you on the shoulder, and you hand the job to them, and you walk away. And then you finish your break, and you come back, and you, someone else hands you the job that they are in the middle of doing, And you pick it up and you find all the threads and you continue with it. And then you hand it to someone else again. There's no. The thing where some people seem to require being in complete autonomous control from start to finish of a project is not possible in this job. But that also means you are not solely responsible for setting it up correctly, or seeing it through to the end. The ability to work within a system and to work with whatever you are handed in that moment is, I think, uh, I will call it an underrated skill set. I will also fully acknowledge that I call it underrated because I happen to possess it and I like to think well of myself. But, you know, whatever. Um, it is the skill set of people who are uh, book editors. Like, someone hands you a thing, and you have to look at the thing you are given, do what work you can with it, and then you hand the thing to someone else. Um Parenting is a little bit like that. The job of parenting is just never over. It is not ever over. But it's not entirely yours either. First of all, there's the children. Second of all, there's yes. ideally a partner or partners or grandparents or, oh yeah, you know, the other adults in your sphere who are assistive. There's school systems. There's there is a frustration and a freedom and joy in knowing that it's not entirely yours. You have your part to play and you had better do your best at it. But if you are the kind of person who cannot single handedly run a Kickstarter, that's okay. Right. But instead, work with a team of people on editing and publishing uh, a magazine. Uh, You don't have to be the leader. You can be the extremely vital person who carries out all of the tasks that are required of you and can give them coherently to the next stage. Right. Sorry. When you, um... so when you ask, how do you keep yourself organized? I am always looking the, the way that my, my brain works, and I'm so lucky I fell into air traffic control because this taught me to value the way I already did things. The way I keep organized is I look at what I'm handed and say, okay, what have I got to work with? Right. And then I say, all right, who do I need to give it to? And by when? And what are they expecting from me?
3: Mm
2: -hmm. The organization involved is just a matter of, well, how do I get from point A to point B? I don't need to worry about what happened before point A. I don't need to worry about what happens after point B. Those are not my problem. Not my circus. Not my monkeys. (laughs) Uh, Which really removes a lot of the existential dread of organization for me. Mm -hmm. Like, it's tax season. Okay, what do I need to do? Well, I already sent the letter to the accountant. The accountant gave me the information for the portal. There is a checklist, and all I need to do is go to the checklist and attach every documentation piece in that checklist. Then what happens next is not my problem. Because it Um, it goes to the accountant. It goes to the accountant. So for me, organization is a, a breaking down of any task into the smallest pieces. And then determining which pieces are my pieces and which pieces belong to someone else. And anytime I am avoiding a task, I have learned that the thing I need to do is say, okay, I should stop. I should take off of my list. Oh, by the way, I use lists. Oh, God, do I use lists? I should take off of my list. I'm just going to make this up. Get new car. Get new car, if I'm not doing anything on that, if that has been unchanged on my list for weeks, probably get new car is the wrong problem. And I need to figure out what the correct problem is. Get new car why can't I get a new car? Well, first of all, I need to talk to my spouse about what kind of car we need. Okay, then put on the list, talk to spouse about car needs and tackle that part of the problem first.
0: Um, It's it's just uh, uh, what's the next step to move it forward? Just a mm -hmm. a constant what's the next step? You don't have to have all of the steps right now. You just need to know what the next step is.
2: No, in, in air traffic control, when I sit down and We're in the middle of the O'Hare sequencing and I've got an aircraft on a heading there and those two are doing fine. Their speeds are fine. The answer, it's not my job to figure out how all of these planes are going to get in the correct location. My job is take the plane that's on the heading and turn them back at the correct moment so they have the sequence they need between the previous and the subsequent aircraft. That's it. It's a very small job. And then. As soon as I do that job, I need to find the next job. Right. And it is a endless sequence of about, well, when it's busy, oh, probably about six to seven jobs a second. Um, of In very, very rapid, but it's not multitasking, and it's not figuring out the big picture. It is just do the next thing. Uh, our, both of the teenagers in my house roll their eyes and, like, sigh dramatically <laughs> because my spouse and I are, are basically our, our mantra for almost everything is, well, just do the next thing.
0: Right. I mean, and it all builds towards an end goal, but, like, uh-huh. you may not know or be able to see or attain that end goal. But, I mean, <gasps> like, with air traffic controlling, the end goal is that the plane arrives safely at its destination. Mm-hmm. You, you know, are never. You might see one end of that. You may see a plane doing that, but you will not see the start. You may see parts of the middle, or only the end, or whatever. It's just. Da, 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 da.
2: Yeah. I, I, I am a, a a small cog in a very large machine,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and we all have to do our jobs correctly, and we all have to keep doing our jobs, but ultimately. If the person next to me has done something very slightly wrong, we can all absorb that and um, make corrections on the fly. If the plane is 45 miles in trail instead of 30 miles in trail, we can, right. we can fix that. Um, and that might become the next priority, but it's not up until... Uh, an uncontrolled uh, terrain event, everything is basically fixable. Right. And that is something that I try to impart to my kids about their errors they make in, 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 say, school or job interviews. It's like, you know what? It's not done till it's done. Until... You know, until you have graduated high school, everything in high school is basically a still in a possibility state. Right. Um, And some people find that terrifying. Like they just want it to be done, so they know what's going on. And I I really I relate to that. I like like making a decision and then moving on from it and not looking back. But there's a difference between making a decision about what you're going to have for dinner and saying, well, I didn't get that test turned in on time. I guess I'm just screwed or saying, oh, geez, you know, I guess that plane is just on a bad heading and there's traffic and I guess there's nothing I can do about it. It's like, no, no. <laughs> there are things that are fixable and you should keep working on them until they are fixed.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cause I guess there is, there is something to, I mean, the stress involved at least in the day job portion of it, because if those errors don't get corrected, people get hurt and that's a bad thing. <laughs> right. And so, yeah, that's, that's sort of the whole thing is the system is set up so that, the lawyers will get self-corrected over time, or as it goes from person to person. Um, we we uh, have
2: wall yeah. hangings in my workplace of Reason's Swiss Cheese Theory of Accident Management. Oh, okay. error management. Um, and Reason is the guy's name for those of you who don't know. And if you look up Reason's Swiss Cheese Theory, you'll you'll find probably pictures that look similar to the wall hangings in my workplace.
3: <laughs> the idea
2: being that for every major event major events are made of smaller events mm-hmm. and while every stage will have tiny errors as long as the errors are protected and corrected by the next layer and the errors don't line up, have safety right um and that is how aircraft control is done, and that is how um writing and editing is done and that is how parenting is done you don't need perfection you just need persistence and the willingness to correct mistakes
0: your own mistakes and there's a humbleness to that too Mm -hmm. uh, because you have to be willing to say okay i have made a mistake here and now i have to fix it doubling down does not help yourself or the kid no no
2: no and it doesn't help people in a workplace team environment, and it nope. doesn't help people in any kind of collaborative project. Nope. And uh, we have wandered far from organization.
0: No, it all, <laughs> ties, it all <laughs> ties together. It all ties together. It's a holistic thing, right? Mm-hmm. This, but what, but what we've got here is, yes, actually, we do have organization. Because now we know that you have a list, and you're, you you might have a list of things, but you're concerned with what's the next thing? How do I move this to forward? Who do I hand it off to? Or is this something I need to do? Absolutely, you know, right there. That's how it's done, mm-hmm. right? And I'm sure there are systems and habits involved.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. N- notebooks. I, I keep – another thing that I think is really valuable that I, I learned at some mm-hmm. point is that um, It is okay to love an organization and planning system for a short period of time and then stop using it and switch to a different one. Oh, yeah. Uh, Again, when I was a younger adult, I used to view view these as failure modes. Like, oh, I got this planner and I used it for three months and now I stopped using it. Oh, I'm a terrible person. (laughs) Sidebar. Sidebar. If everyone could stop ending their internal conversations with, and that means I'm a terrible person, I feel like the creative fields, which I am peripheral to, would (laughs) be much better off. Like, no, no, basically, unless you're abusing the people you work with, basically, none of it means you're a terrible person. It just means that that tool or method was not the tool or method for you.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, Suck it I, up and move on. I say I say it all the time. Keep keep what works and throw out the rest, right? You know? Yeah, I I used
2: to read a lot of the different you know, productivity system stuff and oh, yeah. I love them. They're very seductive. They're very sexy. I have answers, they say. Oh yeah. Uh, but <laughs> that's largely a load of hooey. And if you read about 12 different productivity systems, you basically understand that they're all saying the same thing repackaged.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Which is pick a goddamn thing and do it.
0: And just I. Yeah. I mean, I'll take little tidbits from things like I I love David Allen's getting things done conceptually. Yes. Yes. Uh, But in practice, there's only a couple things from it that actually work for me the whole, if I can do it now, if I can do it in two minutes or less, do it now, right? Especially when it comes to email management, task management. And if it's going to be something bigger, all right, set aside time for it. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much where I end on that. And then I'll do time boxing, where it's like, okay, I'm going to dedicate time specifically to this task. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I say I need to, this is a big thing, so I'm going to do it in chunks. I'm going to use Pomodoro and 25 minutes, five minute break, 25 minutes, five. I can't do that for what it's like. No one thing. I can't use it consistently across all the things I have to do because it not everything fits into that box.
2: Yep. Uh, yeah. My spouse and I have a um, recurring mutual calendar item of um, clean basement. And, and once a week, we clean the basement for 10 minutes. We set a timer. And the reason we do that is because we look at each other and we're like, we can do anything for 10 fucking minutes. Fine. <laughs> yeah. And we trudge down there and we grit our teeth. And the basement gets clean. like, mm-hmm. Or it, it stays at a manageable level of disorder <laughs> and despair, but one that is functional right. and we can find everything. That's the important thing, yeah. Right. Like, okay, what's the goal here? The goal is to be able to find things and use the basement. Would it perhaps be better if we did more work at a time? Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe. Would it be perhaps better if we kept it in a cleaner state? Well, okay, probably. Does this meet our goal? Yes. Can we grit our teeth and say anybody can do anything for 10 minutes? God damn it, let's just go clean the basement. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but that system doesn't work for the twice annual it's time to clean the mulch out of the quail coop. Right. Cleaning the mulch out of the quail coop cannot be done in 10-minute bursts. Once you start, you have to complete it. So that gets scheduled and everybody in the house who is involved gets brought on board and um appropriate bribes and rewards are offered and negotiated Mm -hmm. with the able-bodied teenagers um and payments are arranged and we (laughs) all that's a different that's a different system that is a group project system that is a let's coordinate our calendar system
0: okay hold on i'm a little jealous that you only have to clean twice a year like every other week i have to clean coops
2: But we, we practice deep bedding, okay? Yeah, 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 because the quail stay in the same coop all the time, uh, we practice deep bedding. The bedding in the quail coop is about 18 inches tall, okay? And when Jennifer goes in every day, she assesses the top, and then periodically throughout that six month period, she might ruck some things up or Kick at it a little bit, kind of get things turned over somewhat. Right. And then twice a year is the full on. We bundle all of the quail into the temporary cages. We move them to the side. We wash all of the plastic plants, hose <laughs> everything down. Right. We wash all of the permanent structures. All of the mulch in the mulch pile gets put into the garden and the new. Mulch gets put into the mulch pile because you need six months at least, or bird urea burns your garden. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's a whole thing, and it takes like two to three hours twice a year with four people involved. Um, but yeah, ten-minuting that pomodoring that would not work.
0: No, no, and I, I ours mine sort of does Pomodore because it is sort of like a weekly, every other week thing, and all I have to do is take it, scoop everything out. Because don't, I don't use deep bedding, because mine don't live there all the time. Mine free range around the
3: fence. Right.
0: Right? right. But I take it to the uh, Hugo culture that Ursula's building. Yep. And then it just slowly but surely, because that's just going to get piled more and more stuff on over the years. And yep. so, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so definitely very different. We don't have to worry about. Oh my God! I am so glad I don't have to worry about. Like, okay, we've got six months. We have to turn mulch and things. That's no, no, thank you.
2: <laughs> no, it's it's different, different, different systems.
0: Mm-hmm,
2: um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, and other oh, is the getting things done guy, the guy who said that if you're stuck on the problem, breaking into smaller problems, or was that somebody else?
0: Um, that. Might have been him. It's also sort of a principle in um, Covey's Seven Habits uh, and the whole Franklin Covey system um, of project planning. Um, The whole principle of, oops, of, uh, drop my pen, Um, Pomodoro is based around the idea of break it into smaller things that you can chunk Mm -hmm. into little task by task. Um, I don't remember it's been so long since I actually read Getting yeah. Things Done. Yeah. Um
2: the let's see. Stuff I've borrowed from as I borrowed the if you can do it another two minutes, do it now from mm-hmm. getting things done. And I think that's where I picked up the if you keep staring at despair at this thing you need to do on your list, it's probably too big a thing and you should try to break it down. Yeah. <clears throat> into smaller, more manageable things. I I did that Mm -hmm. My household has been pomodoroing For 20 years without knowing That anyone called (laughs) it anything in particular Right We do all of our We taught the children that's how you do housework 20 Mm -hmm. minutes on 10 minutes off Or whatever works for you Um, The The unfuck your habitat Rachel Hoffman System I have both of the books sitting on a shelf over there Because I read them and I was like yes This is is how life works Um (laughs) The the book I read ages ago, and I think the title is something like something really simple, like how to get out of debt, which was a, a money management sort of thing before Dave Ramsey's weird cult took over that whole territory. But the principle I took from that was. Just the idea that you really need to keep track of what you're spending your money on, because whatever you think you're doing, you're probably wrong unless you wrote it down.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So the idea of if you need to keep track of it, write it down.
0: Yeah. So I got um, that from Tom Clancy. Oh yeah. It was uh, um, I believe some of all fears specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole storyline was the the someone manipulated the market to cause it to crash. And so everything halted. And the entire economy is, you know, hung up, and and like they the, the records were gone and the computers. And they're like, "Well, this is terrible. What are we? You know, oh no. How do we recover? Where do we? How do we get back?" And he's like, "If it's not written down, it doesn't exist. So why not just go back? Start literally start from where the records started getting erased." And I'm like if it isn't written down it doesn't exist it's it's so simple mm-hmm. um and i don't know where clancy got it from so
2: well it is i am one of the not the last i'm within 5 to 8 years of being the last generation of air traffic controllers who can who were taught and then practiced how to do air traffic control if all of the automation breaks Oh, um, I've
0: seen artifacts from that. Yes. Right. Not not
2: not like the tabletop screens and you put the little markers down, but I, I actually was just at the edge where there were times on the mid-shifts where they took everything down and you had to do it all in your head. Um, air, tra- air traffic controllers are still taught how to do that in classrooms, but no one practices it anymore. Like, there's no... Oh. There's no period of where you have to deploy that skill in a real world situation, unless there's an absolute lurking emergency. But like the last time that I was, yeah, it was like two years ago, three years ago, when I was working on my screen, um, blue screen of death. I didn't have to do it manually. We just, the text within seconds had taken all the computer feeds that are going to my terminal and put them into a neighbor's terminal, right? Including all the frequencies, all the radar data, all the computer data. They just went, Chunk. and so the um, <clears throat> that has sort of replaced the have to do it all on your head uh, because now we have the capacity to just move it. But I always telling trainees what is that plane doing and they tell me and i'm like how on earth am i going to know that and they say because i told you i said no you dropped dead 30 seconds ago you couldn't tell me that where the hell did you write it down (laughs) it can be on your screen it can be on that screen it can be on those strips of paper it can be on a notepad but until you recorded it you have not done it
0: right 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 and that um because i remember there a couple years ago the fire in chicago Mm -hmm. that basically brought everything to a screeching halt but that doesn't help with planes in the air no and so that would be the point where all of those fail safes and all of those abilities and if it's written down that is like the ultimate disaster recovery moment
2: I am staring at the ceiling, (laughs) trying to remember which parts of what I know are confidential need to know or not. I'll play it safe. There are contingency plans in every facility in literal, Mm -hmm. honest-to-God, three-ring binders Mm -hmm. with flashlights attached to them. Mm Mm-hmm um for what to do when things like that or more commonly floods, tornadoes, right. hurricanes happen um and what happened when Chicago uh went down due to um, terrorism essentially yes cuz the guy went in with an axe uh was basically handled in a beautifully textbook fashion. Everybody got out their three ring binders. Everybody got out their cell phones. Everybody started calling everybody else. Uh, The planes were all contacted. People were talking to them within minutes. Yeah. Um, All the pilots who suddenly lost all comms all did the, all started doing the fail safes that, they are all expected to do and we all expect Mm -hmm. them to do right. Um, Fun fact, public knowledge for every plane who starts um, an approach at an airport. There's a, there's a protected airspace and the protected airspace not only includes where the plane is and not only includes where they're going. It includes what's called the missed approach pattern. Mm -hmm. So for at point X, when the plane is on an approach, there are no planes, not only in front of them all the way to the airport. There are no planes in a predetermined, mapped-out s- section of airspace. That, in the event that God help us, a deer runs across the runway and the pilot has to pull up. Right. There are the, pla- the pilot knows where they are supposed to go, and there are no planes in that space or mm-hmm. between the airport and that space. That misapproach pattern is protected airspace. Um, it is planning ahead mm-hmm. for those disasters so that disasters are recoverable.
0: I am reminded of, are you familiar with the uh, Waffle House Disaster Handbook? Yes. Yes. Yeah. The, yes. They have a contingency for everything. I am familiar with
2: that because it is used as the hurricane standard in many parts of the country.
0: Yes. Yes, if a Waffle House can't operate, then it is incredibly bad. I think mm-hmm. it's, uh, um, yeah, like FEMA uses that as their their warning level. But I, I have seen excerpts of, like, um, here's what happens if the gas is out, what we can and can't cook. Here's what happens if the electricity is out. Here's what happens if we don't have water. And all of the contingencies around, here's what we can do if we don't have water. And I'm like... They have everything like, you know, if we can no longer get gas to run the grills, we can still do X, Y and Z. I'm like, it's it's like a it should be mandatory reading for everyone in um, system administration because it is like the comprehensive disaster recovery planning.
2: All plans, all plans should include a. And if this doesn't work. What will happen? Right. Um, people, I think, don't necessarily always ponder the 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 origin of the word fail-safe. Fail-safe okay. is not a backup. A fail-safe is what is the mechanism whereby if this thing we are doing fails, it will fail in a safe manner. Um, and That is a huge part of air traffic control uh, of, of, you know, no, you have to wait for your clearance. Why? Because there's an aircraft on approach. Yes, you absolutely 100% could get out in front of that plane, but not if something goes wrong with that plane. So to protect you and to protect the other plane, you are staying put there. That plane will land and then you will depart because we want any failure mode to fail safe. Yes. Um I had something else there I was gonna say and I totally forgot it. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, right. Just talking about this. We've got our house remodeled a couple years ago. Okay. And um we wanted under cabinet lighting in the kitchen. Right. And the electricians were saying, Yes, is these great little puck lights mm-hmm. and uh, my spouse said, "That's wonderful. That's fantastic. What kind of bulbs did they take? Oh, they take LEDs. Great, great. And I can just get those LEDs at like, you know, Menards or Fleet Farm or you know, Home Depot, Lowe's. Oh no, no, no. You don't need to. the 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 whole thing's in- integral. It's a, it's a puck. But oh, okay." Well, how long do they last? Oh, they're, they're good for 10,000 hours. She says, great. So like in five years when the puck has burned out, what right. do I do? Well, you just call us.
0: <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> she said, so you're telling me that in five years I'm going to need to call you to replace a light bulb in my house. They said, well, uh, I mean, you know, it's not that big. It's very minor. She says, okay, let's just walk this through, she said. <laughs> The five years after that, are you still going to be in business? Is anyone going to be making these puck lights? In 20 years, when I am still living in this house, how many of those puck lights will be available? Or will I have to tear out all of my undercounter lighting and get it completely replaced because I cannot change a bulb?
0: (laughs) I feel sorry for him. Uh, No, I don't. (laughs)
2: No, he. he well, well, the funny part is that the initially the electricians, there was, there was two of them. They started out this conversation with a very fixed expression of, "Oh God, this client is ridiculous." But Jennifer, my spouse, just walked them through it. Like, "Okay, and then what? Okay, and then what? Okay. But what happens after that? And." They actually went okay let's let's try to find something with a bulb, and then realize how hard it was to find something with a bulb. we do in fact have puck lights with replaceable bulbs, and we <laughs> have a stockpile of those damn bulbs in our basement because <laughs> of course, yes, you know that they're gonna stop making them in three years when this trend is gone in home, you know first, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. and no one will ever have that bulb again, but I frequently think that. Part of the reason that people struggle with projects um, is the thinking through the consequences of your intentions and their possible failure modes. And not, I think a lot of people, particularly people who struggle with anxiety and depression, can come up with a bajillion failure modes, all right. of which are not particularly helpful. Like what if I write it and it just sucks? Okay, well yes, but no, that's not helpful. Well more along the lines of you know, after I have finished writing this novel, um how do I find a reliable publisher? Right what happens if the publisher is flaky? or doesn't pay me, you know, doing research at, like, is it called writer beware or author beware or something I'm, like that? I'm familiar with it, yes. Yeah, like, that is a helpful thing to do against a possible failure mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, saying, I don't want to show it to other people because it might be terrible, is self-sabotaging. Saying, okay, I will show it to other people. If they tell me it's terrible, what is my plan going to be to make it better? Yeah, is a much better fail safe.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: I I watch my 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 younger kid is on the high school robotics team. And go high school robotics. High school robotics is awesome. Oh yeah. Um. And the sheer amount of time (laughs) that high school robots do not in fact do what they are supposed to do is like easily 50 to 70% of the time. (laughs) But the team responses to these failures is what did we learn from it? Mm -hmm. That did not work. Okay. What did we learn from that failure? What did that failure show us about our process or our skill set or our materials. Um, let's oh. take
0: apart and look at that. Cat, cat, hold on there. Orange cat, you cannot crawl through there without disturbing wires. Why did you try that? Okay, sorry.
2: No, <laughs> it, no, no, it, no. Cats. Cats are a hazard.
0: Uh-huh. Hello, orange cat. Yes, okay. Go, go, yeah, go over there. Uh huh. Over, yeah, okay. No, no, we're, we're, <laughs> Going to lie down what, right where I'm trying to take now. <sighs> yeah. yeah.
2: I I, I, think- I was I was one of those those teen children, teenagers, slash young adults who avoided failure because failure feels shitty. Yes. Um and somewhere in my late twenties to early thirties, that's how long it took me, I realized that I was making my world smaller and smaller and smaller. Out of fear of feeling bad Yeah And that is not a good way to view failure Um, The air traffic control Anytime there are incidents And and I don't mean incident like a plane crashed I mean incident like your plane went three miles over the invisible boundary of the air Into another controller's airspace There's a technical airspace violation But we still need to look at it and take what, what, What went wrong Right Watching the analysis of the what went wrong process is um, really, really helpful, uh, particularly because these days in air traffic control, the what went wrong analysis is all dedicated towards and what did that controller need that other controllers might need so that those mistakes are not made in the future. Oh, what systems changes can be made uh, did traffic management uh, institute the uh the restriction into their airspace early enough to reduce the flow could that have been done 15 minutes earlier mm-hmm. did they need an assistant controller five minutes earlier were there distractions in the area because someone was talking about their upcoming like baby shower and we need to cut down on area distractions so people can remain focused Yes, this individual made an individual mistake, but no mistake is made just by one person.
0: I am am writing furiously. (laughs) And
2: we need to look at how, what can we learn from errors so that we can devise systems and institutions that are more resilient in the face of the normal vicissitudes of human existence. Right, right. People are gonna have headaches. People are gonna fight with their spouses at home. People are going to bring that with them to the conference or the convention or their work or their interview. And we need systems in place that are stronger than individuals and the foibles thereof. Oh
0: my God, I'm going to make I am I'm looking at this and I'm going, there are tech people who I'm just going to send the interview portion. Not even the rest of the podcast, just
2: this <laughs> interview too. <sighs> uh, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> control Tech Ops is a glory and a wonder to behold, and those people are heroes. Mm-hmm. Um because uh air track control systems need to be up ninety-nine point nine some absurd amount of time
0: way past the five nines that my my industry thinks is you know the goal yet no
2: <laughs> and at some point no matter how much you test out new new code at some point that code has to go live yep and we have to start working with it and when it does go live the processes that need to be in place to recover should something go wrong, have to be incredibly robust and very quick. I, I love our tech ops people. They are amazing.
0: Yes. That is an industry. That is that is a, a side of tech ops I, would, I think I'll stay out of. Uh, I would probably <laughs> learn so much, but I would have probably three coronaries before the end of the first or second week. Um.
2: They're all very chill people. I'd never see them move fast.
0: Hmm. Maybe it is the right thing. I don't know. Well, anyway, so uh, the good news is in in systems and habits, we covered two questions. We don't mm-hmm. have to talk about failure later because I think you pretty much answered how you handle it. Um, are there any just – now I'm filling in my own curiosity. Are there any specific mm-hmm. tools you use, like other than notebooks and lists?
3: Uh,
2: Let's see. I – I'm part of the Google infrastructure. I use Google Calendar, but my spouse does not. Oh, uses a paper calendar uh, nailed to the closet door in her office. Okay. Which means we have found which things each of those systems are much better at.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: My spouse can take a pen and reach over and go, write, and she's done. I have to... Click through, add the time, find the right day,
3: mm-hmm.
2: make a little note. Is this my calendar or my kids' calendar? Is this shareable? Do I need to set any alarms? Like it is so much faster to put something on a paper calendar. Um, it is not shareable. Yes. Yeah. So I have to periodically walk into the office, look at the calendar, and make sure my Google Calendar is correct
0: this is exactly what i do with ursula Uh
2: uh-huh
0: haven't had to do as much because yeah but
2: yeah pandemic blah blah blah
0: yeah and i still keep a paper calendar so i I can at least look very quickly at days (laughs) because i'm mm -hmm. always like okay i need to know a date for two thursdays Mm -hmm. from now do i open everything up and yeah and i can just look
2: a paper calendar is better at that um but I use Google Calendar because then I have it with me on my phone when I'm not mm-hmm. at home and I can always double check it. And because I replicate her calendar onto my calendar under a different heading, I can I can know whether there's a conflict. Yeah. Um and I set, you know, two weeks prior to my niece's birthday. I have a hey their birthday's coming up I'm like okay good Though if Louis DeJoy continues stripping the US Postal Service I may need to make that A three week reminder instead of a two week reminder Because it's predicated on Certain notions about how fast Things are going to get mailed somewhere Yes Um, I use Gmail And I am I am I am really close to one of those Inbox zero people yeah. I'm really close. I keep between 3 and maybe during the holiday season when I'm trying to keep track of packages 20 emails in my inboxes.
0: I've been sort of um, sort of at 5 for a while now. I did write a thing recently that the concept of inbox zero isn't necessarily to have a completely empty inbox. It is to have an inbox that does not have actionable things in it. Yes.
2: that yes. And that was one of the things that I got, I think, from the getting things done guy is I now look at my email and I'm like, all right, if it will take me less than two minutes to reply to this, I will just forking do it. Mm-hmm. And then I can, I can get it out of my inbox And then if if someone replies back to me, it pops back in. Like, there's an automatic. So the only things. Oh, God. Let's see. I'm archiving this. (laughs) Uh... Yeah. There's a few things about, like, a summer camp that my kid wants to apply to. There's a reminder that I need to go add things to the tax stuff. Uh, my kid's ACT is coming up soon.
0: Oh yeah.
2: Um. There's some packages incoming, and I keep those in until the packages actually arrive. Yeah, but there's not. There's not. Oh, there's some people sent me some arcs, and I need to get around to downloading those onto my tablet so I can actually read them. It's kind of about oh, yeah. it.
0: Yeah. Um. um Oh, I need to make sure that <laughs> Ursula sends you an arc of paladin strength when it's ready. You already—she already did. Never mind.
2: Already did. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say I, I i read that one already.
0: <laughs> um, I—I—I I, I, I liked it very much. It will be. Um, by the way, by the time I, the the date for this actually being released should be about a month, month and a half after the actual release. So we're not spoiling anything at this point. Excellent. That's yeah. all I was going to say. <laughs>
2: um i other than that, I use a notebook, mm-hmm. and I used to like i i said i I used to feel a lot of like failure and shame about I would use a notebook relentlessly for like four months and then I would fall away from using it and now I'm like, I use the notebook when I need to use the notebook, and I stop using the notebook because I don't have anything going on right now that requires a notebook, right like that's okay. What is currently in my notebook, sitting in the other room where I normally work, Mm -hmm. is um, all gardening notes. Because I can't start planting even indoors until the end of March. But it's seed ordering season, so I had to get out all of the gardening notes from last year, seeds, figure out which Mm -hmm. seeds I could use again and which I couldn't, and what I needed to order. I had to draw a little where's everything and, going in the garden yes
0: and if you wait to order they might be out of stock yes
2: particularly this year because yep pandemic hit everybody really weird and the garden um rare seeds and annie's heirlooms were both like they have weird shortages oh, yeah, right yeah. now so like that's what's in my notebook right now is garden prep
0: so I'm going to ask, because everybody's going to ask me if I don't, what kind of notebook is it?
2: Mm, about 10, 15 years ago,
0: mm-hmm.
2: when Moleskine was super, super hot and trendy, Yep. I aspirationally ordered a metric fuck ton of the little, <laughs> the little like three by four. I'm pulling it in my hand. No one on your podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. can like, see that.
0: Like, like the Asics, the small one.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah the small yeah, yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Um, in some sort of fit of, I don't know, I'll carry it with me and like
3: mm-hmm.
2: be super on the ball. And I'll like write down notes about like, Things I like to order in restaurants or like a good movie review or you know, some sort of oh, bullshittery yeah, yeah. I will be a different person if I order this notebook kind of
0: stuff. So you ordered a shitload of them is what you're saying.
2: Yes. And I'm still using them because right that's what I have. <laughs> um but, like, the garden plans are in one of my kids' eight and a half by 11 college ruled school notebooks that I just yiked out of the pile of yeah. stuff we got at Target for cheap. Um, I, I, I I have given up essentially at this point on the perfect tool will make me a perfect user oh. because that is the rankest, most insidious bullshit.
0: Yeah. Oh, totally. The perfect
2: tool is the one that I can find that will
0: do the job. That's why we are willing to spend money on a new phone if there are significant camera improvements. Because the best camera is the one you have on hand when you need it. Mm -hmm. And nine times out of ten now, that's your cell phone. Yep. So,
3: yeah.
2: Yeah, my kids are documenting their junior and senior projects using their cell phones. Um, yeah, these yeah. are 150 and 200 hour projects that they have to do throughout the entire year. Mm-hmm. And they have to give 15 and 20 minute presentations, respectively, for juniors and seniors. It is a whole thing. Of course, it's all remote this year. Oh, no.
0: My, my son just, had to do,
2: yeah. Yeah, um, just when, document when he... it on the cell phone.
0: When he, had to, when he was graduating last year and doing his senior project, he had to do the whole thing with the presentation remote and everything. Um, and his teachers were really impressed with what he did. Because so, he streams, so he's been learning video editing. He's been learning all those things. So apparently he did a really good job. I'm mm-hmm. um, just like, all right, you, you go. I'm very proud of him. I did not help. Um,
2: side note, ha- side note, side note. Oh my God. Have you seen some of the Stunningly good video editing that is occurring on TikTok. Yes. Holy yes. shit. Yes. Oh, my God. Holy shit. The you video know, editing that is uh, happening on TikTok is just, like, mind-blowing.
0: I mean, most of what I'm watching are, you know, chicken videos. Um,
2: I have managed to curate my TikTok through very carefully liking some things and following some things. to so my TikTok what What shows up in my for you page is essentially people talking about World of Warcraft rating, okay. yeah takes about one division, the TV show,
0: which I am watching, but Ursula has not yet, so yeah, um, i'm a, I'm an episode behind right now, so
2: cosplay usually of the um, people who can pull off multiple cosplays in quick edits of Mm -hmm. awesomeness um and like really cute animal vids but the cosplay ones where the people pull off all the changes relief oh 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 and gen xers talking about how disastrously um life-threatening childhood was in the 80s because i love those videos they make me happy that was that was me yeah exactly me too i'm like i'm like i i we owned jarts rock on
0: yeah, a uh, big, big fun pastime was to go up to the top of this this hill that was primarily orange mud on our bikes, and go straight down it across the gravel road, and then do jumps into the woods mm-hmm. on the embankment on the other side. Yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyway, I love those. Oh, but yeah.
2: the the video editing is just astonishing it's and insane.
0: <sighs> it really is. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, I just oh, I love it. Sorry, that was complete sidebar. But man, TikTok video editing. Yeah, cell phones. That's what we were talking about. The right yes. tool. That's what we were talking the right about. Right tool. Yes. Right tools. Yeah, I finally splurged and got an electric kettle with six different settings on it. Um, because I drink enough tea and enough different kinds of tea that I wanted that tool. But we have a stand mixer not even in the basement like it's just in the pantry and i never use it because getting my hand in and squishing up the butter with my fingers works better
0: yeah um well yeah for us we have uh one of the always on like kettle slash hot water thermoses Mm -hmm. so uh the the fancy japanese one that's made for tea basically. Mm-hmm. Um and that's just, you know, it's just like refill it once a week. It keeps the water at the same temperature. Days and days on end. If you unplug it, it will take three days to like cool off, right? Fine. Um but that
2: that sounds yeah. great. Except I just different life hacks for different people. Mm-hmm. The time it takes my electric kettle to warm up the four to six times a day when I use it is the time I do stretches in the kitchen.
0: Ah, uh, yes. Yeah.
2: And, and um, it's two two to four minutes of stretches.
0: Great. Yeah, it just made more sense because the time
3: yeah.
0: it was taking, like, Ursula would go in, she would microwave her water and then come back later and microwave more water. And That's yeah, just, no, 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 no. no. Just, just yeah. have a hot water spigot, yeah.
2: yeah. So, Basically yeah. what this is, yeah tools I use. The tool I use is the tool I can find. Yep. If I can find one of the stash of mole skeins which frankly is starting to run low after 15 years um, <laughs> I use that. If I can't find that I use a, one of the a, a notebook I yiked from one of the kids. If I can't find that the back of an envelope will do. Yep. Um, I understand the, there are some things that there's an importance to the tool to have the ritual to get you into the get you mentally prepared for the task that you are about to do. Right. And I really, I value those tools. Um, I I edit better when I'm listening to Tchaikovsky. I don't know. People get habits that help them. But I find that there is a middle road that is neither being Precious about the tools and giving them more power than they actually have in a sort of superstitious way, and on the other side, the aspirational the right tool will make me the right person right which right. is just capitalist marketing it's damaging it's 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 thwartive it is it is oh, rank no.
0: bullshittery. It is, it is, yeah, anyone who says here's the one tool that will solve all of your problems and is absolutely amazing is trying to sell you something. That's all it ever is. Yes, it is. But also, there's a,
2: the problem is there's just like, there's like 5% or less that is actually valuable, which is sometimes the thing you need to change is something in yourself. Right. Right. It's hard to quit smoking if you spend all of your time around your smoking buddies. I know. I think at last count, I quit smoking in my life 22 times. The last time was in 2001. So, you know, this is a solid run. But if you sometimes, sometimes there is a tiny nugget of maybe if I change something in my tools or my habits, it will change something in me. And that gets. Predated upon by
0: marketing? Yep. It makes me pissy. Like, stop that. It makes me it makes me grumpy and I'm always sad to see people spending loads and loads of money on things because especially, you know, like now at the beginning of the year. Towards the beginning of the year, when you know, this is just the cycle. Every year they go out and they buy the new fancy thing and then end up returning it in three months because buying the treadmill or the exercise bicycle or fancy new planner did not magically change your world so that you actually use it. Right. Right.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. The marketing of tools to, because people want to be better. Yes. Is um, a kind of preying upon human nature that I, kindly dislike um but I also feel like all right the the thing that the way that I think is probably more useful to think of that is it it is more useful to do an honest self-assessment of what are the things that are preventing me from doing the thing that I want to do right if I'm not sitting down and writing every day and I really want to sit down and write every day, instead of saying, if I get a new laptop and new headphones, I will write more, say, okay, what are the problems? Why aren't you writing? Is it that your head is too full of distracting thoughts? How about you get one of the five-minute meditation apps and try that for a month and see if that helps you and your head come to a piece.
3: Yeah.
2: Is it that your roommates are too noisy? Okay, well, maybe noise-canceling headphones are actually a valid investment for you. you know, like so are new roommates. So are new roommates. Um,
3: <laughs>
2: is it, is is the actual reason you're struggling to sit down and write um, undiagnosed or unmedi- under-medicated uh, ADHD? that is probably a better way to spend the thousands of dollars you would have spent on the laptop <laughs> right? because you're going to spend that money to get your diagnosis and get your paperwork and get your meds. Oh yeah. But maybe that will work out better for you than spending the money on the laptop in, in the long haul. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or maybe the problem really is the ergonomics of your work situation are terrible and you're getting bad RSI and you really do need to buy a fancy standing desk, to help you like the honestly thinking through what the problems are i think would be just so much more valuable and uh, i i I wouldn't i try to encourage my children to think through okay what what is the actual reason you are not doing this um i'm gonna tell Tall tales, not tall tales, going to tell briefly on one of my children who for a while was really, really struggling to get up and get ready on time for school. And we went through all of the systems problems with alarms and um, having electronic devices in the room that were just more rewarding than anything else on this planet and all these things. And finally we got down to, I just don't want to. And we're like, okay, there's two well, ways to yep. fix don't wanna. Yep. One is to make the thing into a wanna. hmm And the other is to make what happens if you don't do the thing ducky enough that you will avoid it. Yes. Like, which lever do we as your parents have control over here? What do you think? <laughs> we can't make getting up and going to school more fun. That's just not a thing we can not control. Not how it works. No, no. We can make being late for school really crappy for you. Right. We only have control of one lever. So would you like to reconsider your don't wanna?
0: <laughs> yeah, because we can we can change that don't wanna to be something really really unpleasant. I've I've um, yeah the. Uh, When I found out, because uh, after a point, I'm not going to make my teenager ride the bus to school, right? There was only one bus, and it covered all grades to his school. And I'm like, all right, fine. And I found out that if they were late, right, whether it was because of traffic, whether it was because of, you know, there was a – a car broke down or whatever, if they were late so many times, they would get punished for it at school. Uh-huh. And and so me not getting up and getting out the door on time resulted in bad stuff for him, <laughs> which sort of turned it on the other hand of, now I have to be a good parent because otherwise they'll punish my kid. Um, he'll have to have like a lunch detention or something if he's late three times. And I'm like, really? This is what happens if, you know, there's an accident on the highway. Too bad, like wow, that's just yeah that's that's terrible, but it was a motivator for me to get my butt moving,
3: yeah <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't want to get up that early
2: it's it's I think it is interesting if you're trying to figure out why you're struggling why why a human is struggling to get something done it is useful to look at well which levers do I actually which levers can I pull right um. And unfortunately, sometimes there are no levers you can pull Right. Um, if you are struggling on a project because a coworker is not getting you the materials that you need to complete your portion of the task, you are extremely limited in what you can do, and depending on your workplace it you might have a recourse with a manager or a supervisor, but you might not yeah um, but if you are trying to do you know things in your own life. There is no law that says that you cannot have a small bag, a small personal treat, Halloween size bag of M and M's for every five papers you grade. Right. Like go to town, man. Grading papers sucks. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's there's no reason why you can't you know, get another tank of poison dart frogs because winter is long and gray and grim and poison dart frogs are beautiful and fun and sound like the tropics. Yeah, Like, you're a grown-ass adult. Reward yourself. Figure out which levers you have and either make doing the thing more pleasant or you can make not doing the thing more hideous and pull one of them. Yes.
0: Oh yeah, no no, absolutely. Okay. We've covered tools. Mm-hmm. We've covered systems and habits. We've covered how you the like the nuts and bolts of organization. We've covered how what what you do when you fail or miss a goal, which is as far as I can tell, you take it apart to figure out where the system failed or where the system well, didn't work for you.
2: What I personally do is spend a brief, brief moment going Ah.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's fair.
2: That, yeah. That's important. But mm-hmm. depending on which venue of my life it is, that, that, that gets briefer and briefer. <clears throat> and particularly when one is raising children and one watches children go through the many stages of how to gracefully handle error and fault, which uh, starts out with not gracefully at all. And then ideally, by the time they embark into their young adulthood, they have managed to at least grit their teeth and fake grace in some way. I mean, you you hope for the sake of their future roommates. Yes. Um, Watching that has really turned me off of self castigation, Mm -hmm. uh, which I deeply inclined to in my younger days. Um, Wallowing in the pit of despair, the slew of despond was. a habit I had, but listening to other people who are young and therefore they just friggin' emote everything at you all the time. Do that.
0: I, for, I yeah.
2: For, for years, I was like, "Oh, this is singularly unhelpful. I should probably stop it because if this is a pain coming from an eight-year-old, think how much more just." wildly irritating it must be to other people when it's coming from a 34-year-old. Oh, my God, you know.
0: No, you change it into a lifestyle, you dress all in black, and you listen to Sisters (laughs) of Mercy all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
2: so um, the period of, of, God damn it, why didn't I do that better, uh, is shorter. And also phrasing it as, why didn't I do that better, is markedly more useful than phrasing it as, look at me fucking up again. Right. Why didn't I do that better? That's an actual question with answers that a person can come up with. Mm -hmm. Not three hours ago, my older teen came to me and said, my sibling has used the weights that I use in the workout room as part of uh, their robotic arm junior project. And I said, oh, yes, yes, they asked me about that. And I told them and the teen who was bringing this up and my spouse both looked at me and I thought. (laughs) Oh, he asked me, I didn't ask anyone else in the house if that was okay." God damn it.
0: That's the that's when I would just be like, well, fuck.
2: A quorum, a long conversation, and a brief trip to a neighbor's house for a weight that they were giving away because they didn't want it anymore. Thank you, neighborhood email list.
3: Yeah.
2: The whole thing solved. And I thought, why did I make this mistake? Because I forgot to check with the other people in the house on the disposition of group resources. Yeah. Digrid, remember group resources require group input right 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 Right, right, okay
3: yeah
2: let's reinforce that one again group resources require group input okay let's 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 underline that one more time all right moving on Yeah. yeah yeah so what will i do differently next time i will ask the other members of the group about the disposition of group resources yes
0: and it becomes easier when, as everybody is, is in an adult or close to adult stage, because when some of the parties involved are not adults or anywhere near that level of maturity, it becomes a much more, as a parent, it's much easier to say, because I said he could and tough. Uh, but that changes as there is a reasonableness that can be expected from all parties.
2: Well, and the the idea of interact with other people as you want them to interact with you Mm -hmm. applies to coworkers, it applies to housemates, and it applies almost all of the time to children. Children who have temporarily um, uh, abdicated this by, say, you know, being two years old and screaming hysterically and kicking their feet on the floor are an exception, but they get right. that right back when they stop kicking their feet on the floor and screaming at you. Right. right. Right right right. So, yeah, the the how how do you handle failure? I am sorry is the first part. Mm-hmm. Run me through one more time exactly what my pro- what problem I have caused or how I have harmed you so that I know exactly mm-hmm. how to We can take that apart and not replicate that in the future. Right. Um, And then, in addition to not replicating the future, are there any amends or reparations that need to be made at this point? Um, But owning it and saying, oh shit, I fucked that up is. I mean, I still remember like 10 years ago, I violated somebody's air, violated Denver's airspace. Denver are not easy to work with. That's slanderous. I shouldn't say that. I'm sure the Denver controllers are lovely. Um, but the second I saw the plane over the line, I whipped my head around. And I said, Soup, I just did an airspace violation. I said, OK, all right. Do we need to do the planes get together? I said, no, I just he's over the line. Sorry. And that was it. There was no further thing. It was all fine. Their soup called our soup. Our soup apologized. I apologized. We moved on. no harm no foul denying it or hiding it trying to pretend it doesn't happen it's like a cat sticking their head under a pillow and thinking you can't see their butt like that's not helpful people can still see you messed up they can
3: yes
0: you want to talk about happier things now sure all right. Um, we have skipped over two questions. Uh, the first is What does a typical day look like? That one's, yeah.
2: Uh, due to the pandemic, I actually am uh, I'm, I'm medical high risk for COVID, um, <laughs> immunocompromised. So I actually have been on and I am so fortunate about this that saying it feels like inviting
0: right, bad right. fortune
2: to come look at me. I, I have been home on paid leave. Okay. For 11 months. Wow. <sighs> um, and yeah, it looks like the union is getting together with our local regional air traffic control to try to get um, COVID vaccines mm-hmm. lined up for air traffic controllers. And I am on the list and I'm waiting for that
0: why are air traffic controllers not considered essential workers oh my god Uh, they are
2: they are they're essential transportation workers different from essential medical workers very true very true and so i am 1c not 1b okay and minnesota is currently struggling to get 1a and 1b vaccinated so 1c is just not there yet that's all right i think i'm four yeah so yeah no um so, anyway, I'm hoping to get back to work soon. Uh, so, but when I am working, um, for the longest time, my partner and I homeschooled until the kids went to high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and we split it up so that I homeschooled on the mornings I was home, and right. she homeschooled on the mornings I was at work, and I did shift work. And it was like two nights, two days, two nights and three days, or two nights, two days and a mid. So it was very – the the homeschooling got split fairly evenly. Right. These days I have high schoolers. Um, So when I do go back to work, it's still shift work. Mm -hmm. But what I have to do when I am at home is different because my kids are attending high school, because they are juniors and seniors, or, you know, by the time I get, you know, I'm going to get back to work soon. But, like, my oldest has already been accepted to college and is going to go live in the dorms in the fall. Yep. Um, that's fairly different.
3: Mm.
2: Work is yeah. extremely regimented. I go into work... I set myself down in the break room. I sign in. I do pre duty items and daily reads at a kiosk in the little hallway. And then I check the break board and I see who's up in the rotation. And I go ask that person, Do you want a break? And then if they say yes, I plug in. They give me the briefing. It's all recorded. There's a checklist we use.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, You go down every item. When I've got it, I say, I I assume the sector, they stand up, I sit down, I work, and then I work until somebody gives me a break. Um, Yep. And I go on break and I check Twitter and I watch Netflix. Yeah. Uh, And for a little while, then I come back. Uh, There's very... There's not much else involved there. It's very – there's a routine generated by a machine that is much larger than myself. Yes. Going to work is very much like slipping into place as a cog. Mm -hmm. Um, At home, it depends on what my spouse and I are doing – um, for two years, two years ago, we spent two years remodeling the house. We bought a new house, one room at a time. Okay. Um, it was a very all-encompassing process. These days, um, during the warmer months, I'm working on the garden. Um my spouse is the person responsible for the numerous numerous pets we have, so there's right pet care involved there um, i there's been some medical stuff we each have had it's been a little disruptive. Yeah. I am hoping after I get back to work and I retrain in after a year off and Over the new routine, there to I am hoping to move more into um, pursuing creativity with fiber arts, which I have a bunch of stuff at home that I love. And yes, Yes. the last four years, and particularly 2020, Mm -hmm. ate everything except knitting socks. I have knit so many pairs of socks in 2020.
0: That's you know, you do what you have to do. everyone done what they had to do to cope with twenty twenty. Twenty twenty is a thing unto itself, I think. We so.
2: <laughs> We got we got a portion of the yard, a whole bunch of shrubs taken out okay, okay. So I got a new garden, but the reason I got a new garden is because there are coyotes in my neighborhood. Okay. So We have neighborhood coyotes. Yes, I live in a city. I live in a large city. We have neighborhood coyotes. And we have tiny, tiny dogs. So we needed to get a seven-foot board fence with coyote rollers on the top. Um, So, okay, before we could get the fence in, we needed a whole bunch of shrubbery taken out in a certain portion of the yard so the fence people could get to it. And besides, that part of the yard we need to do something different with it anyway oh
0: well okay two birds one stone
2: so we got all this stuff taken out we got the seven foot fence put in with the coyote rollers we kept and my spouse is a genius long sections of the old four foot chain length and we chain linked out a section of the yard inside the yard with the old gate that we had just kept and that is now the new garden because the dogs can't get into it. So a huge part of what we did in 2020 is we got all of that work done in, like, March and April. We put in the new garden. Right. The kids did a great deal of the grunt work. <clears throat> and uh, there was a massive garden expansion. So gardening, yeah, I did a lot of sock knitting. Yeah. Yeah. I did a lot of rereading Agatha Christie.
0: We watched so many cozy English mysteries that now we don't know how to react if we don't have them. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
2: Um Which ones have you watched?
0: Uh well, uh Ursula just gave me she she sent me an article. Actually, she showed up at my desk with her iPad and said, "Write these down." So I clicked the share button on her iPad and emailed it to myself from her mm-hmm. iPad. And um, with a list of, here are things you should watch, right? And so I've created a new list of, here are all of the, the cozy English mysteries I, we should watch. We've gotten through pretty much every episode of Midsummer Murders. Mm-hmm. Um, we've gotten through a couple seasons of Miss, um, uh, of Miss Marple. Mm-hmm. Um, we got through what was available at the time on Amazon of Father Brown. There's the Australian Miss Fisher's Miss Fisher's Fisher's, Murder, yep. And we're currently working on the Brokenwood Mysteries out of New Zealand. Okay. Okay. Um, But now I have this whole other list of, you know, small village, cozy, weirdish mysteries going to have to watch because that's sort of what it is. And uh, she was teasing. She's currently at Moscone, like Mm she is literally yep. on a panel right this second live mm-hmm. um but earlier today she did a reading from a draft that she's sort of playing around with of the ursula style cozy small village mystery and oh my god tell her
2: i want to see that
0: oh i will
2: thank I you will. yes um i yeah, I went through a phase where I couldn't actually hold the words in paragraph form. That was mm-hmm. that was September, October, and November for reasons, you know. Yeah. I couldn't hold words in paragraph form unless it was Agatha Christie, Miss Marple. Okay. So I reread all 13 Agatha Christie, Miss Marple's twice. Just right. I started at one and I went straight through and then I just went back through again. I'm like, you know what? It's going to happen. These days, I'm on a kick of watching many of the Korean drama and horror stuff that is on Netflix.
0: Oh, Korean horror is just another level.
2: It's so cool. And luckily, I have now been sock knitting enough that I can actually knit socks and watch subtitled material. Yes. That is what 2020 gave me was the ability to knit my socks and watch subtitles
0: <clears throat> right on I still have
2: yeah, not hit yeah. that point with some of my stuff yeah so yeah it's it's, it's a new it's a new thing for me.
0: All right um, the other thing we skipped over um, was what is the best advice you have been given and or would give someone else? And it doesn't have to be productivity specific. Um,
2: I think that it's not advice exactly, Mm -hmm. but there was three. Books that I was heavily into reading when I was about 30 years old, which is when I ended my relationship with my former partner, sold my share of that house to her, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: we split up the dogs, I ended up moving in with my current spouse. Like, it was a moment in my life when the life that I thought I was going to have. Was suddenly not only not available to me, but called into question whether I had ever had it. And it called into question whether I was the kind of person I had hoped to grow into being. When a major life change like that happens, and it's a major life change you don't want, there is a reassessment and a, a grieving that occurs. Mm-hmm.
0: I am familiar. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yep.
2: And there was a three books that I read. They're part of the Lois Bujold Barriar books. They are um, Memory, A Civil Campaign, and Comar. And they are three books, which I'm not entirely certain I can recommend them to people because they are like books nine, 10, and 11 in an ongoing series. And I don't know how helpful this is, but, Memory is the story of what do you do when you have accidentally ruined everything you worked for in your life and you are somehow inexplicably still alive and you have to keep going, even though everything you wanted is no longer available and it's your fault and you fucked it up. Yeah. And the answer is. You just keep going. Mm hmm. Your life will continue to happen, even if it's not the life you thought you wanted. A civil campaign contains a number of amusing things, and one of them is how to apologize like an adult. Uh, And it changed my life to learn that an apology was not a mechanism for making me feel like shit. An apology wasn't a mechanism to repair a relationship with another person. And Komar, which is the next book in the series, is largely about how to interact with people when everyone has some kind of power and there is always a power gradient and how to be kind without being condescending mm. and how to be aware of the power that you have in all aspects of your life and be responsible with it. Um, because one of the, in hindsight, one of the reasons that my, Relationship back then ended was Mm -hmm. I didn't Like being blamed for things so I didn't want To be responsible for things so I didn't Take responsibility for the fact that my Actions could affect other people Ah yes 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 I mean basically Everyone who's hit 40 or so Goes oh yeah yeah I mean We've all done that at that point Mm -hmm. you know Uh, Whether you recognize And you've learned from it is a different thing but everyone's done It oh yeah Um and I think I think there is there's is something in those that are, they were the right books at the right time to say all right. Yes, you pay your taxes, yes, you have a mortgage, but would you fucking be an adult? And um I found those extremely valuable to me at that time. Um, you can lose everything in your life that you thought you were working for, and you cannot be the person you thought you were going to be, but you're still there, and you still have a life, and it will be whatever you make of it now, and frequently what you have to do is apologize, and you frequently what you have to do is take ownership for the fact that you had more culpability than you wanted.
0: Um, and it's... it's uh, I'm think about my own experience with that and the the only slight difference i would say in my case was when i looked at the person i was trying to be i realized that that was never the person i wanted to be yeah you know and so part of the process was also figuring out who i wanted to be and how i ended up where i was Mm -hmm. as a person and that that's hard. Like, that's yeah. hard. Um, and I look at myself now and I go, you know, this is not just the person I want to be, and I'm still growing and learning what that means, but a lot of it is the person that I thought I wanted to be before that entire relationship. Mm hmm. Right? Because there's always trade offs in relationships. Mm hmm. When you talk about that power dynamic, you know, the the power imbalance is when one party is trying very hard to be the person the other person wants them to be without any reciprocation. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's that's a hard thing. And until Mm -hmm. you're done, you don't realize that's what's been going on and or or even know initially how to fix it. Well, we won't say fix it, but how to change. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: The other part of the question is,
2: what's the advice you give other people? Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually something that I say to my children, and they are resoundingly sick of. <laughs> um, and it's not exactly advice. What I say to them all the time is, I will help you as your parent, as someone who loves you. I will help you. Almost anything you want in your life, except I will not help you make your world smaller or more limited.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. I think people frequently hiding from problems is easier than facing them and avoiding things you are worried about is in the short term more rewarding than confronting the thing you are worried about, whether it's a phone call or an email or a job interview or submitting your work for publication. But avoidance and hiding are the things that make your world smaller. And oh, fear yeah. fear makes your world smaller. And um, I... I I both I just I won't help someone draw circles around what they think is possible for themselves um and I I I want I encourage people to look at the choices they are making in their life right and yes, you can put off answering the email or doing the phone call for like a day. I'm not talking about that. I'm not saying like you <laughs> like let us be reasonable here people yeah 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 yeah, but allowing anxiety or fear or um, insecurity to be the principle by which you structure who future you is going to be mm-hmm. um is something that I will always encourage people to 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 change. Like, don't right. don't don't do that. That's that's not OK. Like, take five minutes if you need to, buddy. But, you know,
0: yeah. That just leaves one thing. And and I I end on this one now because someone said, don't end on the other one, because that ends on a bummer. Let's end on a happy thing. Like, okay, <laughs> Let's end on a happy thing. Sure. Um, do you celebrate your successes, and if so, how?
2: Uh, it depends. Yes, the answer is yes. <laughs> um, God, yes. And the answer is it depends on what they are. Uh, it can be me walking into the office and saying, and for the listeners at home, I am throwing my hands up into my air into a touchdown V celebration gesture, saying, <gasps> "I emailed the accountant." <laughs> <laughs> My spouse looks at me and says, "Oh, thank God, because I was never gonna." Right, I'm like I <laughs> adulted. Um, you know, what was it the other day? My spouse came to me and she was like, "The kids' passports need to be like updated. Like, are they going to expire?" And not only, dear dear listener, not only could I. Find the passports. <laughs> I found them on the first try because oh, I knew where those
0: fuckers were. There you go.
2: And no, they're not expiring. Yes. Um, yeah, I was like, yes, I am mighty. So <clears throat> it can be something like, like witness me. Um. Or it can be, you know, uh, let's get. You know, some fun food delivered because it was a really good day or, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes the reward for things like clean out my closet is great. Now I can get more yarn.
3: Yeah. Uh,
2: But, yeah, I I think. You know, people need to celebrate what. If we're we're all going to be down on ourselves for our failures, for God's sake, celebrate the successes. And frequently, those celebration is, you know, sharing it with someone else. Like you know, I'll walk by the kids and go, you know, guess who got all the dishes done, and they're like, "Thanks, mom, I'm like, yes, it was me, I did it
0: <laughs> if i uh yeah no i I can think of uh for my kid it 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 might have been you know I might have gone, I did it, I finally finished um which I actually haven't, so I can't really call this one. But you know, like I finally finished um, unlocking everything in Smash Brothers. Need to go. Good for you. I did that three days after it came out. And I'm like, don't compare me to you.
3: Don't don't, don't say
2: that.
0: <laughs> <no>. That's <laughs> unhelpful.
2: There's a there's a World of Warcraft Discord. Uh, the, the people oh. I raid with, and I will frequently, you know, everyone posts like, "Hey, I got this there," because we all play independently and we get together on Wednesdays to do raid together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're people who I know on a regular basis But we, we're, we're always telling each other Our little successes
0: in game Like
2: I got this yeah. Everyone's like woo
0: Yeah it was uh, when I played I only played the original release mm-hmm. um, And uh, My wife and I My wife at the time and I Were in different high level Raiding groups Guilds on different servers. Servers Yeah she was Alliance I was Horde Oh, right? well,
2: th- that was your mistake right there.
0: Yeah. Um, and then, but like, we could at least have that moment of, um, we finally brought down, you know, we finally finished mm. Molten Core. We did it. Yep. We brought down, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Molten Core was a beast in the first mm-hmm. edition, in the original. You mm-hmm. know, or Anixia, or when Blackrock Spire came out. Um,
2: Don't yeah. talk to me about Anixia. Just, no. Mm-mm. No, no dragons.
0: We finally got that... My guild finally got Anixia onto a... We will go in, we will take her down with no wipes, and then we will come back when it re- When the whole thing resets in a week because mm-hmm. we were basically on... You know, it's like, yeah, nice. okay, Wednesday we're going to go take that sucker out. That's the level of guild I was in. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the successes were much more... You know, mm-hmm. we could we could share those. Uh, there were a couple we, mm-hmm. you know, because like I'm horde and so therefore I can have all of this extra with like the orcs and mm-hmm. you know and she'll be like, yeah, okay, your fancy undead horse is just that. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's what you get for being a human. Um. <laughs> <sighs> uh, anyway. Alliance all the way. For the horde.
2: Ugh. For the alliance. For all the right. Horde.
0: All right. Anyway. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's everything. Excellent. Yeah. Um, where can we find you online, or is there anything you want to share and promote? Uh,
2: I am. I projects right now, and I am on Twitter
3: mm-hmm.
2: at my name Sigrid Ellis. Um. Vlogs have become Sort of a thing of the past Yeah I'm not on Tumblr Due to some of their Policies Yeah Facebook is of the devil My mother just texts me Um Yeah, no, it's pretty much Twitter right now
0: Yeah, there's, there's a lot of us there And then Um this is sort of a newer thing that we've been doing. Um, is there a charity that you would like our listeners to support? Yes,
2: yes. Mm-hmm. I uh, advocate uh, people can look at Bridge for Youth. They are a youth-only homeless shelter here in the Twin Cities, mm-hmm. which not only provide um, safe spaces for uh Teens, but they also help teens transition to young adulthood uh, by helping people set up with like their first apartments, or helping people get emancipated. Yeah. Um, and there's a place for uh, teenagers to go to when they have nowhere else to go to in the metro, where they are um, less likely to be predated upon by adults in that space. So, right on. I know they have, you can do straight financial donations. They also have Amazon and Target wish lists if you want to send the material goods. There's there's always stuff they need.
0: Right on. Thank you. Awesome. We will make sure to to talk about that in the portion of the show where we talk about sporting things. Um, And so, yeah, which is coming up shortly. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. No, we've had a, it's it's been a blast and anytime you want to come back you just say the word. Okay, no, it's it's, yeah. it's fun to ramble. Yeah. Uh we like that. So, excellent. <laughs> and uh for the people at home, we will be right back after this. I have a tiny, well, she's not so little anymore, but um, Cammy, our orange tabby, she is behind me, not the ear, not the ear, cleaning my hand. And attempting which, to clean his bald head, which is her favorite thing to do. Yeah, um, so yeah, this is, it's a little awkward doing this.
1: It's hilarious during work meetings.
0: Uh, especially when the camera's on.
1: Yes, uh, I, I think all of all of Kevin's
0: co-workers enjoy these moments enormously. When they can't hear me going, please no, oh God, stop, stop that. <laughs> no, I realize that's, uh, oh God, especially when she puts her tongue in my ear to clean out inside my ear, which is both gross and kind of sweet at the same time.
1: Well, and also painful because cats have barbed oh, tongues.
0: Oh God, so painful. Okay, are you done, sweetie? Can I can I finish? Yeah, okay. So anyway, I would really like to thank Sacred. It was an amazing talk. Uh, I have been gushing about it since we recorded it two months ago. I am so excited to finally be releasing this one. Um, and uh, I hope everyone, like, got as much out of it as I did. Uh, because... It was uh, the the whole concept of failing safe in the way airplanes and air traffic controllers do realigned how I think about some things for work and for IT and planning things and just like, boom, head explode. Right. Uh, So that's but that's me. (laughs) So I hope you all got as much out of it as I as I did. And uh, thank you again, Sigrid, for coming on the show. We have a word this week. Of course we do. We have a word every week, a badge code. Yes, a
1: badge code. Mm -hmm. Not like the word of the day from Pee Wee's Playhouse.
0: No. Uh, And I'm sure you can all guess the way I was just gushing, that our word this time around is fail safe. All one word. That is your badge code this week. Um, You can go to productivityalchemy.com. You can enter that into the little badge code entry box to claim your badge and set up your account if you don't have one and all that good stuff.
1: Learn all about the badges and what they're for.
0: Yes, you can do all of that at ProductivityAlchemy.com.
1: You can also find ways to support the show, tell your friends, et cetera, yes. Uh, one of which is to give us money, but as always, we prefer you not give us money because we have money at the moment, and it's great, and we'll tell you if we need money. But uh, there is a charity that, there is a charity we, that, that Sigrid suggested. Yes,
0: yeah, uh, Sigrid's charity is Bridge for Youth. Uh,
1: the Bridge for Youth, yes. yes. And this is a, a Minnesota-based charity, and uh, it basically provides help for homeless youth uh, kids who are on the street for whatever reason, mm-hmm. uh, provides immediate shelter and, yes. uh, safety and tries to, uh, if it's an issue that can be resolved, resolve it. Um, a lot of kids, you know, uh, suffer from mental health issues who are on the street and, you know, try to, uh, so it is, it is a complex issue. Um, lots of, you know, kids oh, yeah. unfortunately dealing with homophobia and things like that at home. And so there's there's a lot to deal with. They uh, So they have a uh, hotline. If you need them, um, it honestly seems a little unlikely that people listening to the show will necessarily be homeless youth. But you never know because so we live right. in a complicated world. We do. So you can go to bridgeforyouth.org and they have a uh, find help section. So uh, possibly uh, you may know somebody who needs help that you yes. can... Uh, give that info Absolutely. too. This is again a Minnesota-based charity, so. Uh,
0: but they anyway, may yeah. be able to say, "Okay, we only work in the Twin Cities area, but here's a sister or or brother or, or, or whatever who, organization, who you can yeah,
1: contact, yeah." So, yeah. Uh, check them out.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, and please support them because they're doing important work. And that wraps us up for this week. Yes. So I'm going to. Uh, get this ready for all of the wonderful listeners who are hearing me tell them how I'm going to prepare the podcast for all of them. Okay, that's a little awkward.
1: Uh, Yeah, that... uh, Yeah. Anyway, the point is, you're going to go prep the podcast. Yep. And... And I'm going to go look at plant catalogs and try not to buy anything. Okay. Yes.
0: Good luck with that.
1: It really helps that... A lot of the places are totally sold out this year. <laughs> Honestly, it's True. saved me.
0: Oh, and um, uh, we do have baby chicks, by the way, if you haven't been keeping up with Chicken Cam. They're adorable.
1: Yes, uh, um, you can go to Kevin's Chicken Cam and see uh, yes. Buffy the the uh, Buff Orpington mm-hmm. and her brood of uh, adopted Cochin babies who yes. are all little floof balls.
0: Yeah and so that's and that's what's been keeping us productive this week as it were or busy in some cases. You
1: you literally have turned the sound on and all, the house is filled with peeping.
0: Yeah, I know. It's so <laughs> cute. So on that note, um may you know everybody else have a good week and may you be as productive
1: as a buff orpington with a pile of chicks.
0: That's not productive, that's angry.
1: Uh She's pretty happy when she's not biting you.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, and for the rest of you, do your best to um, stay productive. Try not to bite people. Please. Much.